As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The CONCACAF W Championship draw is set. Women's national teams from the US, Canada, and all around North and Central America now know who they'll be facing in a tournament that determines who heads to the Olympics in 2024 and who heads to next year's World Cup. Meg Linehan is here to break it all down. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Thursday, April 21st. First, as usual, it's your TV guide for today. All times are Eastern, and it's kind of a slow day, at least in in comparison to the last two, where we've had a bunch of really, really exciting games. First, in the Premier League at 2.45 p.m., Burnley taking on Southampton. That'll be on USA Network. At 3.30 p.m. in La Liga, Real Sociedad hosts Barcelona. That is on ESPN+. And in Liga Mekis tonight, Queretaro hosting Cruz Azul. That'll be on Tude NA again at 10 p.m. Eastern. That's it for the TV Guide. Let's send it over to my conversation with Meg Linhan. The men's U.S. World Cup team has wrapped up World Cup qualifying, but the U.S. women's team is just about to begin it. Uh, the 2023 World Cup is amazingly just on the just around the corner next year, and Meg Linehan is here to talk about the draw that the U.S. women face ahead of their World Cup qualification uh, journey. Uh, it's very, very different from what we just dealt with with the men, uh, but it's different in kind of a good way, Meg, right? Like, explain this sort of new format that CONCACAF has unveiled for women's qualifying uh, this time around. Yeah, so we we are in the tournament setting on the women's side, and typically what has been the case for, you know, as, as long as we've had qualifying is there's been a World Cup qualifying tournament and then an Olympic qualifying tournament. Actually, the Olympic qualifying tournament was like the last big thing I went to before the pandemic hit, right? I remember this, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, now all of these things are are tied up in one single tournament. So CONCACAF really kind of introduced this overhaul of their ecosystem for the women's game. And the qualification system is now, you know, kind of like a much more streamlined process. So this single tournament, we've already gone through a group stage where six teams had to come through a group stage in order to qualify for the final tournament. It will be in July, hosted by Mexico. You have eight teams now fighting for both World Cup spots for 2023, but also for 
a single direct qualification spot for the 2024 Summer Olympics, um, plus some spots for the introduction of the Women's Gold Cup as well. So there's kind of like a lot actually riding on this tournament. But obviously, the, the big part here is the World Cup has expanded the field for the 2023 edition. So we've now got four direct qualification spots for CONCACAF, but another two via this strange new intercontinental play-in tournament via FIFA. So it's going to look, I think, a lot different than what we have seen in previous editions. And I think all of this is only going to actually make the qualification process a lot better and also a lot more interesting to watch. Yeah. So as we look at some of these uh, teams that the U.S. has been drawn with, Mexico, Jamaica, and Haiti, uh, you know, I'm aware that the competition level at maybe the preliminary portion of these sorts of games is not the highest, uh, let's just say. Uh, but I, I have to think that the U.S. got maybe the most difficult draw they could have possibly gotten. Mexico, Jamaica, and Haiti, Mexico, 4-0-0 with a plus 34 goal differential through qualifying or through the preliminary rounds, I should say. Uh, Jamaica, 4-0-0 record through qualifying, plus 22 goal differential. Haiti, 4-0-0, plus 44 goal differential. <laughs> I mean, come on, Meg. Like, that's an average. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, the teams that have come through that, that group stage, right? Mexico is one of the teams that allowed a single shot on goal through four games. Yeah. Haiti, pretty much exactly the same, right? So you're getting teams that are definitely like, bringing in a ton of momentum, right? Meanwhile, the U.S. Women's National Team is playing friendlies against Uzbekistan, and we're we're kind of going through that, that usual angst that we go through of like, what are we getting from this, right? Yeah. And so I, I do think, you know, I, I just kind of spoke about this earlier this morning, but like there was kind of this sense of as the draw was happening and we get into the pot, the second pot where it's the choice between Mexico or Costa Rica, and I think every single person had that feeling of it's going to be Mexico. Yeah. Um, the real takeaway, I think, from Group A is like, yes, it is, uh, the, uh, you know, can you call it a group of death when there are two groups? Arguable, but it is definitely the stronger of the two groups and, and has, I think, especially Mexico and Haiti and the qualification that they've had so far, two of the like cleanest qualification, <laughs> you know, runs of, yeah. of the eight teams. It is definitely the more difficult group. But I think what's going to be really interesting is what happens with Jamaica because Jamaica is coming off of their first World Cup uh, tournament in 2019. I think the expectations were really high. You know, we've obviously seen Sadella Marley come in and really be that person that is pushing Jamaica into like a more prominent role within CONCACAF. And so their journey for, you know, making a consecutive World Cup, I think did get a lot harder with this draw. I, I think there's not necessarily a lot of concern on the U.S. women's national team side in terms of a World Cup spot just because the top two finishers from both groups are going to get directly qualified for that. And if that goes sideways for the U.S. women's national team, I mean, we're going to be hitting every single panic button that exists in the country, I think. But, you know, the real push for the U.S. women's national team is winning the entire tournament. So that way they get the single direct qualification spot for the Olympics. And that's going to be the big ask of this team. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com 
slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, let's shift our focus a little bit more towards specifically on the U.S. Women's National Team. The last few windows that we've seen have been, I think we could probably fairly call them experimental windows. The Vlatko has called in. A lot of uh, younger players tried to integrate a more uh, kind of a new generation into the system, figuring out combinations that work, things like that. Things that you can do in you know two friendlies against Uzbekistan, for example. This is now an official competition. It's a it's it's a game and a tournament games and tournaments that the U.S. will be expected and need to win. Does this mean that we'll see sort of like an a return of a lot of the senior players we're used to seeing with the U.S. Women's National Team? What young players do you think did enough in their looks so far to sort of break through? Like, how do you see the squad shaking down uh, for these games? Yeah, I mean, I think the big question is, you know, what happens with Kristen Press and Alex Morgan? Because I think those two players are really the two that have probably the best case, right? And and NWSL play is going to be really important for them. Yeah. You know, part, I think, of the gift of Vlako Andonofsky is that, like, he has this problem, right? It is arguably a problem that every other single national team coach would would kill to have. But at the same time, it's not like you're not seeing someone like Alex Morgan or Kristen Press play games. You also know what they're going to bring within that system. So there is the option of we can leave them out of all of these these camps and then just pull them in for this tournament if we if we deem it necessary. I do think that the bigger kind of fundamental question is is do you go with this younger squad? Do you go with Mal Pugh, Cap Macario, Sophia Smith, Ashley Hatch, like these kinds of players and put them through the rigors of a tournament that counts for something? Because this is the team that is arguably going to be in place for the 2023 World Cup. So if so much of what the lead up, right, of bringing this kind of most of the same roster to Australia, right, for getting them that experience at the tail end of last year for for continuously calling them up over the start of 2022 and actually evaluating them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is now, I think, where the, the decision gets to be made of, okay, am I going to go all in on this process that we had kind of delayed because of the cycles being affected by COVID and the Olympics being delayed? Have we done enough to feel confident to bring all of these players that have been earning call-ups, that have been earning minutes and earning starts, and let them play their game in Mexico because that's going to be the most effective prep between now and, at least from a tournament setting, between now and 2023. It'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. Uh, lastly, Meg, obviously, they're the the group topper uh, in the other group, Group B, is Canada, the Olympic gold winners. Uh, what sort of outlook do you have for their group, which includes Costa Rica, Panama, Trinidad and Tobago? And it seems like their goals are going to be very similar to the U.S. in this particular tournament. You know, obviously qualifying for the World Cup is important, but I would imagine they want to get back to the Olympics too to defend that gold medal. Yeah, I think, you know, there is going to be kind of a little bit of an extra weight for them to prove that the the gold medal was not a fluke, right? Like, 
because I, I think that there were bigger questions about the way that Canada won. There was not a lot of goal scoring, right? And so if you come out, you have a good qualification tournament, you kind of run rampant through group stage, and then you are able to move into the knockout phase and then end up in the final and win, then A, it's, you know, there's the potential that it's going to be another kind of uh, face off against the U- the U.S. that there's another chance to maybe say like we're not afraid of you and we can beat you and we can do it wherever it is and we're gonna take that direct qualification spot to the Olympics. Thanks. You can go into that two v three playoff in September 2023 and you know maybe we'll see you in France. Um, it would be a real power move from Canada and I think that you know coming in and kind of getting that very like clean qualification through the group stage through group B picking up wins against these teams. That's going to give them the confidence into the the knockout part of the tournament. Well, I now officially can't wait for this tournament, which is unfortunate because it's a few months away in July, but Meg, I know you'll be there for us for the athletic. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. If you want to hear more about the NWSL, U.S. Women's National Team, Canadian Women's National Team, and women's soccer in general, you can subscribe to Megalyn Hans Podcast full-time wherever you get your podcasts, including here on The Athletic. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.